0: Trending news right now.
1: We were busy saying bye-bye yesterday. We're going to talk again today. I didn't think we would chat before next week. How are you doing? (laughs) anyway? I'm good, thank you. Always happy to be on the show. Oh, we're always happy to have you. We're always glad that you make time for us. I'm good. Thanks so much. Uh, Let's go to hashtag AfriForum. Firstly, that's our trending. Uh, The party going to the constitutional court. So they want to change the referendum rules. For succession plans, but this also relates to just having greater autonomy for uh, the country's provinces and more power for the premiers.
0: Yeah, Asanda, I think this is an interesting story. And um, what we know is that essentially the Western Cape wants to function as its own country. Uh, so to speak, and, you know, that has been one of the conversations on social media is to say, you know, would one then need a um, some sort of dual citizenship? But also, secondly, you know, just talking about the racial divide and how, you know, the the DA, for example, is just battling to manage, um, you know, the Western Cape on its own or Cape Town on its own where townships in, in the Western Cape are still struggling. You know, there's almost as if, um, you know, the townships and other cities um, in the Western Cape are are, are separate. And, you know, there's just um, concern that, you know, should Western Cape become its own country, how would that function? Some even are calling out to say, you know, they're trying to make it uh, uh, Orania.
1: And can we use uh, one province as an example for a reason, for a complete country overhaul? I mean, as you say, it was because of calls from the Cape Independence Advocacy Group and the Cape Independence Party for the Western Cape that they will, would now come forward with these calls.
0: I think definitely not. Um, it's not a good enough reason to do so. Um, and I think there's bigger fears around, you know, what um, the so-called country or how the Western Cape would uh, Function. We know that, for example, you know, again, bringing uh, Orania into question that, you know, there's rules about, you know, not, black people not being able to access the, the, the town. And, you know, there's just concern that the same thing would happen in the Western Cape. And as I mentioned that, you know, the, the way they're running, um, you know, townships in the area with people not having access to um, services, um, is just concerning about how, you know, if this was to pass, which we hope not and I trust not, Um, you know,
1: how this would unfold. At the top of the agenda, I mean, is that they want to push for a growing autonomy and also tax federalism. If we look at examples of what, you know, with the countries that have adopted this system where you combine the general government with regional government in a single political system, we have the examples of the U.S., India, Brazil, Australia, and Canada. Majority of these, with the exception of Nigeria and Ethiopia in the country, are countries that are first world would south africa be ready
0: i think that is always the question with anything um, here in south africa is that we try to implement things that may not necessarily work for us i don't think this uh, as an example would work for us if you think about this elections for example you know and how um that is a tedious task for the country uh, on its own you know how would people vote would people vote in the western cape as well as um, in the larger south africa you know again. Bringing into question that dual citizenship, how would that look like? Um, and of course, they've given you know no answers to that, but um, we'll see what happens. Uh,
1: the DA, well. yeah, the DA also sort of uh, you know um, supporting that because they've had their own seeking to have the Referendums Act amendment uh, or amended to give uh, premiers the power to call a provincial referendum, citing things like pol- the police and energy would be where these referendum issues would be related. I mean, okay, we we can all uh, relate to the frustrations around ESCOM, so on the energy side, and I think even the survey was saying that in terms of corruption, the police are uh, at the top list of who's corrupt. So there is frustration in the country around those, but do you think it is backed in terms of wanting to change an entire referendum system?
0: I definitely think not, and, you know, it was good to hear that um, the Western Cape Premier, Alan Bender, you know, has previously said that provincial government has no intention of making um, the Western Cape an independent state. You know, also just citing that, you know, South Africans have fought for 42 years for a united um, um, country. And, you know, um, we shouldn't be using any further um, barriers to divide us. So, you know, exactly to that point that, you know, this this is not practical. um, And, you know, just on social media, you know, there's a sense that, you know, um, white people will always try to see uh, and push and see how far they can get. And, you know, this is what we've heard, um, you know, with uh, this particular case that, you know, even if it doesn't come to pass, they just want to see, you know, whether there is um, interest, you know, in this kind of conversation. And I mean, for the fact that a, a town like Goranya exists, for me, I think is scary that we are even having this conversation in 2021.
1: I mean, I think it's healthy for us to have the debate in terms of our country and our referendum and our constitution. However, do you think that the Afri Forum and DA are sort of blind to the disparities within communities in South Africa if they're saying that they would want backing from civil society organisations on this call and there should be cooperation between communities? Would that cooperation be even co- you know something that is realistic and possible, given these gaps, just even on a socio economic level, even within the Cape? Absolutely. I
0: think that it's not uh, practical or feasible. Um, you know, again, as I say, that if they can't bring you know the main city or townships to the standard that um, you know the 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 main city Cape Town um, is, for me, it just poses concern about um, you know what would the Western Cape, the new Western Cape, look like. And as you say, you know, these discussions are um, healthy, you know, for the democratic society that we live in. But I always find that. Sometimes you know they instigate division, the um, and you know it, it. You know these racial divides that we keep talking about, and these racial undertones, you know, often come up in conversations like this. And while the discussion is uh, important, I also do think that there needs to be you know a, a clearer understanding of what are we. Um, trying to achieve as a country, we cannot have mm. you know divisive conversations popping up over time.
1: Absolutely. Let's talk #ios15 uh, Apple releasing their latest software updates. I'm going to leave this one to you because I can't relate at all. I'm so technologically <laughs> dumb. Just tell us about iPhone and iPad's latest software updates. What do they mean and what are they? What I will tell you,
0: aside that that um, you know, I'm not. Uh, uh tech, uh tech fanatic, but I did find this one to be interesting. I think that it's always interesting um, how you know technology is constantly evolving, trying to make our lives easier, convenient, you know also sometimes posing challenges such as you know asthma being able to interact as human beings anymore. When you get into a room, people are constantly on their phones, and because of what their uh, phones can, um, you know, offer them. But we know that, for example, one of the features or exciting features that have come up, you know, with um, the iOS 15 is that mm-hmm. a feature or a function called drag drop, where you know, when you want to search something or share something you would either have to copy or go through the whole process of sharing. With this iOS 15, you can literally just drag it, you know, across different apps and share it to different people. I thought that was an interesting one. But Mm -hmm. also, you know, another one is around maps. You know, um, it is said that with iOS 15, there'll be a better recognition of, you know, one surrounding. So we, you'll be able to see that, you know, this is a small town, there's basically, you know, um, whether it's a gas station, whether it's a shop. And I think that that will help because, you know, it's, it's it's always disappointing to get to an area thinking you have an idea of what it looks like and then not enjoying the trip because it, it, it's not what you anticipated. Yeah. So, yeah, those are just two
1: functions that I can mention. That one makes sense to me. Yeah, that would make life easier. The, the, the FaceTime that they have as well, I understand that now they can FaceTime Android users as well. Do you think Apple is realizing that it doesn't serve them to be so niche that they sort of operate in a silo? They want to now involve other users?
0: Mm. I think they've realized that, for example, with Samsung, right? Um, Samsung is getting Samsung is Android um, and is offering more or less the same functions, more or less the same level of you know, sophistication that iPhone has but it's, it's very inclusive, you know, anybody can get uh, sometimes it's not, you know, as exclusive as Apple has posed itself to be um, and hence the, the reason to, you know, make uh, FaceTime, um, um, you know, accessible to Android users as well It's just you know, so that they don't lose the their client base to Samsung. But I definitely think that Apple has both a really strong brand and and base for themselves. Um, people still aspire to own uh, an iPhone, so I think this is a good feature. You know, just making sure that because I know, for example, you know. Sometimes you want to share something with uh, 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 an Android user, but you're not able to. So I think this one is a good one. Um, And also just mentioning that, you know, this feature is going to function almost like uh, when you're on a Zoom call where Mm -hmm. when you have, you know, four or five people on the call, um, you can almost see everyone um, almost in real life. It's going to feel real. So exciting features. But I've also seen, you know, people complaining that, um, you know, the apps have been crashing a lot. Um, you know, I guess those are the teething phases of, you know, mm. um, um, a new, uh, uh, how can I put it, a new feature or a new function coming into place. But people seem to be excited about it. Um, and for me personally, like I said, it doesn't change uh, bread and butter issues. Mm. But I think that uh, tech improvements are always great, especially in a time where, you know, we have Um, uh, An industry, if I may call it that, such as content creation, I think that this is a good one for um, people who create content. Um, These functions and these features will allow them to do so much more and obviously make um, better money for themselves.
1: And so how do users get to know all these features? Because, I mean, people like me who just use the phone for simple things, unless my 16-year-old decides to take my phone and introduce me to things, won't know where to get the info that even <laughs> these apps and developments exist. Like, I didn't know <laughs> all these things.
0: It, yeah, I guess it really would take one to be interested, you know, in even just knowing how to download uh, or get access to the, to the iOS uh, 15. But um, as you actually put it, uh, I, I think that a lot of people are just using, you know, Having an iPhone is more of a statement rather than all the hundreds of things that it can do for you. I know, for example, with my friends, even you know, they have bought an um, uh, iPhone 12 Pro Max, and they and I asked them, okay, does it you know do you use you know um, functions such as bettering, your content, you know, editing, mm. and they could not be bothered. They're just happy to be owning an iPhone. So it really would take one to be a tech fanatic to, yeah. to take interest.
1: I don't know, because I also just think maybe the fact that they're always upgrading and changing the iPhone models just makes a lot of people go, but what's the point of buying it? If two months from now, it's going to change anyway, and there's the latest one. When does it end? When does it stop? It's just, it moves too fast for me. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and you're not the only one. Um, You know, we're also just uh, battling with, you know, keeping up with um, iPhone iPhone and all these improvements that they keep making, but um, I do think that there are people out there who are, you know, really, um, you know, and, and remember that uh, uh, the whole Apple thing is honestly a lifestyle thing, mm. so it, 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 it's not even about, you know, what one can use it for or what, you know, um, um, what people can use it for in their daily lives, but also just a statement, a lifestyle statement.
1: Yeah. All right, let's talk hashtag mining charter now. The High Court ruling that the mining charter is a policy guideline and not subordinate legislation. So it, it relates to BEE requirements as well as, you know, the mining rights and all of that in future. Uh, these are just guiding principles, it says. It's not subordinate legislation. What is this going to mean for investment into mining? Mm.
0: I think the key issues here, you know, as as one of them is, um, as you rightfully put it, that, you know, just um, how uh, Minister Gwede Mandashe was trying to almost uh, regulate the industry with the charter and, you know, the court saying that, no, it is not legally binding, it is just to guide the industry. Um, and, and I think, you know, his intentions, at least at a surface level, you know, are, are quite sound to say that we need to ensure that, you know, we continue the initiatives of EE and bringing black people um, into um, inclusion into the industry, you know. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, the industry has come back to say that that is baffling the growth of the BEE if, you know, the rules and the goalposts keep changing every time there's a new minister in place.
1: And I mean, black ownership stake in mines, uh, the charter increased from 26% to 30% in 2018. Do you think trade unions will be feeling that this is something they can celebrate or they won't feel that it really makes a difference to the lower end of, I guess, the operations, which is the miners?
0: I, I think that um, the increase definitely makes it a difference, but I don't think that it makes a, a, a bigger difference for, you know, as you put it, the uh, lower end miner. Um, but I think that the, you know, as we keep saying that these discussions are important, and it will be interesting to see what um, what happens at the end, because we know that the Minerals Council spokesperson, Ellen Combe just said that they are setting the judgment and they'll give the response in in due time. But um, I think you know a balancing idea is really required, you know, to keep the industry um, sustainable and to keep it running and growing, but also to ensure that black people are part of you know, the entire movement and um, the industry in, um, in its whole.
1: What will this mean around procurement of goods and services? What will suppliers, you know, do now from this? And how do you think they should interpret this and, and just those uh, smaller enterprises?
0: Well, what we know is that, you know, the target um, was very limiting for, smaller companies um, who wanted to get into the industry. So it's a good thing, actually, that, you know, it's not legally binding. Mm. Therefore, it allows for the industry to kind of run, um, you know, as as, as it sees fit or as is as, as suitable, you know, to make changes um, as per the the requirements of the industry itself and not because the minister says so because, as I said, as the ministers keep changing, anyone can come in and say, oh, but we need to change it this way and that way and that may not necessarily benefit the industry itself even though it may need um, the BEE initiative.
1: All right. Uh, Let's uh, move on to Oppenheimer, Pearl Moudiadiye and her French partner celebrating their son's birthday. So their son turned one and it was a wonderful birthday in style. They that uh, she revealed what was going on and uh, took to social media to share a number of images. Nice story.
0: Absolutely. And Twitter will always do what it needs to do. It will instigate. It will run rumors. It will speculate. It will scrutinize Mm -hmm. and instigate issues. So here. Um, I think, uh, you know, it, w- it was a beautiful celebration for Lawatia, who is the Pearl Mudiyadi's child, um, celebrating one year, um, as you put it. Um, however, the reason that the story became such a big thing is because, you know, her former partner's surname is Oppenheimer. And, you know, people were saying that, oh, she's secured the bag, she's bringing back the land, she's getting us closer to bringing the land. Yeah, trust Twitter to take the it land. there, really. Uh, um, you know, that that's what Twitter does. Um, but what we now know is that, um, you know, her former partner is not related at all to Oppenheimer's. He's a Frenchman who happens to share the same surname, and that's where it ends. In fact, the person that um, people thought was home uh, with the idea of former partner is actually um, 20. You know, um, people are saying, no, it's Oppenheimer's Son, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it happens that that boy, Shane, he's only 20, um, and, and I guess woke up to the news that his family is trending, but absolutely no relation. And Kobno Gadia has also released a statement that she has absolutely no affiliation to the Oppenheimer's. But yeah, we're just happy that, you know, as she put it, that it is a proud achievement for her to have raised um, her child to one year old, I guess.
1: So the troops went and did their own investigations. But like Mangena, IP also, though, because we're talking about a child celebrating their first birthday and they worried about her securing the bag. And just another week, we were talking about women shouldn't be securing bags from the men that they are affiliated or married to or in relationships with. They need to do their own. They were lashing out against somebody who was, you know, saying that women need to, you know, step up and make their own money and depend on themselves. Now they're looking at how she could be possibly related to, to, you know, getting money from a man that she's with, a partner. Absolutely. I don't understand I Twitter. I don't know what Twitter, Twitter wants. Twitter
0: will always do what it needs to do. Um, but as you actually put it, bang, I think that this is why Paul herself has always kept her life um, private. You know, we know that, for example, with her pregnancy and two um, she hasn't shared any details because of the scrutiny that, you know, celebrities and I guess public figures continue to face Every time they, you know, share what is just supposed to be a beautiful moment um, and then it ends up becoming something else. And now you're trending and you're in newspapers for something that honestly is nobody else's business.
1: I think there are better things we could have focused on. First of all, it's the child's birthday. That's wonderful. A beautiful baby there. But also, I mean, there, Pearl and this Nataliel, Uh, ended their relationship last year, yet they were able to reunite as a happy family for this child's sake. Also, I mean, highlighting the fact that, I mean, there are a lot of relationships that break up. It's normal. In society, it happens. But the issue of co-parenting and healthy co-parenting is what I think could have been one of the themes that we picked up from this.
0: I like that you put that up because I was just thinking the same thing. There aren't a lot of figures who celebrate that. And I know that, for example, people touch with one person who, you know, he's he no longer with his former partner, but, um, you know, they, they, they have a good um, co-parenting relationship, and that's what they always push on social media. And I think that perhaps in the long run, that would have been the direction that Pearl would have taken, you know, um, just because she is that kind of person, um, certainly at least what she's on social media. But I think that with this now, she's going to start, um, you know, pulling back um, and and keeping her life private as she's always um, done.
1: Yeah. And I mean, she also shared how it takes a village to raise a child. And she was giving a shout out to all the people that are in her life, for family members, even extended family members who have helped her as a mom. Another theme of how moms do need support and how that support can be given in a healthy way and how we need to celebrate that.
0: Absolutely, but no, Twitter would rather focus on, because in the images, in some of the images, she blurred the child's face, and in, in at least she didn't, and that was a big hoo-ha for social media to say, you know, are we blurring the child's face or not, rather than focusing on bigger issues. Um, but yeah, like I said, Twitter will always do what it needs to do, um, and this is why we're talking about
1: this. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's tiring now. Let's, let's change things. Also, there was a second party, and that was a, a safari-themed one, so they really had a blast and we just celebrate them and their child and just, you know, to be healthy also in this day and your children to be healthy is, is a blessing.
0: Absolutely. And that is what people should be focusing on. We know that there people who have lost, you know, um, either their cho- the children just last week we were talking about the child who um, fell into a long drop toilet, you know, mm. and, and this then highlights the importance of celebrating life and this is what this should be about, but um, Twitter will do what it needs to do. And I wonder if Twitter would change. You know, a lot of things are changing. I wonder if we will get to a point where Twitter starts facilitating important discussions. I know that, for example, this week they were talking about mm. the blight, which was a big one. And I think that was an important discussion for the property industry. So mm. I think uh, Twitter has, you know, its communities. And um, it's unfortunate that the black Twitter, the negative one, is always the one that um, stays dominant.
1: All right, let's leave it there. What are you looking most forward to this long weekend? Rest. Rest, (laughs) rest, rest. And obviously spending
0: time with family, but um, yeah, I I, I cherish the moments that I get to rest. And and what will you be um, up
1: to? I'm also going to rest. I've got a few events, just two. Uh, I've already committed myself. I was just even thinking yesterday, why did I go to the second (laughs) one? I should have just said one. But yeah, that's, that's what I'll be doing, but then I'll be resting in between not much
0: amazing i wish you a fantastic heritage day and i look forward to seeing your outfit on social media
1: thank you goodness the <laughs> pressure <laughs> I'll, I'll try i'll try cuz one of my events is a fashion showcase it's an international one so i need to bring it I, i'll see what i i'll see what i whip up <laughs> i look forward
0: to it thank you so thank much thank
1: you thanks katleko enjoy yours as well long weekend and then we'll chat next week be safe Thank you. Bye. Hi, Katla Josilwadi, social commentator, chatting to us on trending topics in terms of what's happened in social media in the last twenty four hours. This is SFM Sound Awake. Our time is four thirty one now. Here is Gabelo. It's my house.